You are listening to the next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Miss Sloan. Lobbying is about foresight. About anticipating your opponent's moves. She's your enemy now. And devising countermeasures. How the hell did she manage that? You're a piece of work, Elizabeth. I was hired to win. I use whatever resource I have. You want to lead the fight on gun control? There's over five million of us, and we're armed. Start an inquisition. They will throw you in jail for contempt of Congress! The winner plots one step ahead of the opposition. We have to make it personal. You know the word annihilate? It means reduced to nothing. This is more important than my career. It's mind-boggling. You crossed the line. A genius. Bugging and tapping. Completely unbelievable. It's about making sure you surprise them. And they don't surprise you. Okay, everybody, so that was the trailer for Miss Sloan. The story is as follows. Willing to bend the rules for her clients, Elizabeth Sloan remains one of the most sought-after lobbyists in Washington, D.C. When asked to help oppose a bill that imposes regulations on firearms, she instead joins a scrappy boutique firm that represents the backers of the law. Her defiant stance and determination to win now makes her the target of powerful new enemies who threaten her career and the people she cares about. The film stars Jessica Chastain, Mark Strong, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, Michael Stuhlbarg, Allison Pill, John Lithgow, Jake Lacey, and Sam Waterston. It is directed by John Madden and written by Jonathan Pereira. Joining me for this review, I've got Will Mavity. Hi, guys. Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. And the lovely Kristen Lopez. Hello. So, full house today, everybody. Uh, let's see who we should pass it off to here first. I think I'm going to start with Michael Schwartz. Michael, what did you think of Miss Sloan? So, Miss Sloan. We've been talking a lot over the last month or so about how the election influences the relevance of certain films, for better or worse. And this was a movie to me that felt so cathartic in a way to watch right after this election because we get to see a hashtag nasty woman excel at her political career. And even though she comes across some complications along the way, I so enjoyed watching this particular character played by Jessica Chastain go about her job while still staying one step ahead of everybody else. I think this is Jessica Chastain's best performance to date, and even if the film does hit a wall narratively along the way here and there, her performance is so good that it really carried the film along, and I think this is not just the best performance by an actress I've seen so far this year, but she elevates it to one of the best films of the year for me. I really, really enjoyed this. Awesome. Uh, righty, Kristen, what did you think of Miss Sloan? Um, I didn't have a lot of expectations going into this other than it had Jessica Chastain and, uh, and Gugu Mbatha-Raw, who I love so flippin' much. Um, and it's good. It's good for a long time. And then it just kind of wraps up in a way that I've seen from a lot of other female-driven movies, um, for, throughout the years. And... That really irked me because I'm a great fan of uncompromising women in cinema and this does it to a point. 
But then we have to compromise and we have to do some stuff that's going to make her give a reason for why she is so cold and tough and awesome that you would never ask a man to do. And that was kind of my big takeaway, but I expected that. So for the most part, though, I, I was on board. It's a tight film. It's quick, uh, even though it's fairly long in, in terms of runtime. There's not a lot of fat that drags the story down. Everybody's on the top of their game. My thing was is that I enjoyed it more when it was about a, a person trying to kind of defeat and prove the common sense arguments of gun control. I didn't necessarily care for when it became this kind of political muckraking kind of weird throwback to like the 1990s Lewinsky scandal. Um, I didn't, I thought that was a little, I think we'll all agree the third act takes it to some places that are a little bit bizarre, but overall uh, I was surprised at how much I was on board for this and the places that I wanted it to go and the, the surprises that it held in store. And I think if it had maintained that throughout the entire film, it would have been easily uh, higher on my list. But as it stands now, I mean, Jessica Chastain's always great. And it was it was really good. And Will. So it will be interesting, but I'm glad to hear that uh, I'm not entirely alone in not having been blown away here. Because Michael has this as one of the best films of the year for him. I thought it's it's a good film. It's like uh, a, a B-minus kind of good film. But it does feel like it descends into kind of campy, very Hollywoody kind of soap opery depiction of politics. Now, things I will say for the positives, Jessica Chastain is great. I'm not certain I'll say this is my favorite performance of hers, but she is extremely good, particularly as the film progresses. I also really liked Gugu Mbatha-Raw in her short bit. I did think the majority of the rest of a very good cast was wasted a little bit, although... Michael Stuhlberg and John Lithgow did come across as appropriately obnoxious. I thought John Madden's direction was generally good, but it was interesting that you had some scenes that were directed with a lot of visual dynamism. The film plays a lot with lines on screen, and then all of a sudden you'll have a scene that feels rather haphazardly shot and kind of talking headish. Uh, I thought generally it was well-paced. I, for the most part, liked the dialogue, although sometimes it felt a little forced, trying a little too hard to be Aaron Sorkin. So I would say it's good, it's not great. But I think it's an important film, and I'm glad it's a story that was told. So, does everyone here watch House of Cards? I watched two seasons. I, I watched the first watched two the first seasons. Season. Okay, but everybody's had some sort of exposure to House of Cards. Yes, and I did think of it a lot here. This and another show I've seen, Bits and Pieces of Scandal. Yes. So the reason why I asked the question is because to me, when I was watching this, this very much felt like if they had taken the Claire Underwood character uh, played by Robin Wright in House of Cards, and it was it was an episode written by Aaron Sorkin. That's what I got from this movie here. And I didn't think that was a bad thing. I'm a huge fan of Aaron Sorkin's work. And, Will, you're right. This is trying to be almost like a an imitation of that work. And it doesn't always reach to the same levels that he reaches for. But I, I always know I'm watching an Aaron Sorkin movie when I go, 
okay, this dialogue is way too smart for me. Clearly, I'm the dumb guy in the room, and everybody in this scene is smarter than me. Clearly. Because some of the uh, lines and the zingers and stuff just go way over your head because it's just so fast, and it's so intellectual. And that's what I got from this at times. And I loved it. I absolutely loved every moment of it. I loved every single burn that somebody threw at somebody else. I loved every single backstabbing. I loved every single moment of of a reveal. Um, It just had this energy to it that just crackled. In reference to John Madden's direction of the film, he directs the film much in the same way that uh, Tom McCarthy, uh, t- what was his name? McCarthy from last year. Tom McCarthy from uh, Spotlight directed the film. It's heavy on dialogue, focusing on the actors, and you know, really with a concentration on the plot. Not really showy, not really flashy, and he just lets the story unfold. And thus, the pacing is very, very tight. It's a very, very tight film. Um, if I had one single drawback. It would have to probably be that, yes, the third act does go a little off the rails and is a little too unbelievable, but the moment and the way Jessica Chastain sells it is is enough to overcome that issue for me. So in regards to that, I, I do think this is Jessica Chastain's best performance of her career. I think it's better than Zero Dark Dirty. I, you know, and I know some people will be like, wait, what? But... She creates a character that is so unique and is unlike any other character I've seen in a film this year and also stands apart from other work in her filmography that she can really, really stand aside and say, you know what, I'm proud of the work that I did here. And you know what, I'm I'm very happy for her. I think that she's done a tremendous job of giving us somebody that's very multi-layered um, and the more that this film peels back the layers, the more fascinating she becomes. It's not just the way she delivers her performance, but the way that she sells it as well. Because you really need to be able to, when you're in those costumes and in the situations that her character is put in, you need to make it feel real. So there are a lot of scenes in this movie where she's like thrown into this man's world, whether it's at the lobbying firm that she works at or when she's in a uh, trial in one scene. She really has to act as it though she knows something that everyone else doesn't. She's one step ahead that she's also in a world that's very condescending towards her. And not to mention, too, she has to walk the the tricky tight rope of not letting the audience necessarily in, but yet somewhat in that she has the upper hand. We we need to believe that she's cornered. We need to believe that she's not going to get out of this okay. But yet somehow, some way, there's always that little bit of an inkling that you feel inside that says... Yeah, she's got something planned. You know she's got something planned. And she does sell that expertly, in my opinion. Um, right. one, one other person I do want to just shout out in the cast here, and I've been saying this all year at every supporting role that he gives, but can we all just find a way to get Michael Stuhlbarg some more work? Seriously. He keeps getting I wasted. I love him. He, he, was, he was great in one or two scenes, but they barely let him do anything. He disappears in the third act. He is set up as the antagonist, and they basically throw him out. I was so disappointed. I was too in that regards, but man, that's that's the thing that I love about it because when he is on screen, I want more of it. And you're right that he is wasted, and I'm just calling to action. Like this is the guy, uh, you know, from Boardwalk Empire, from a serious a serious man for which he should have an Oscar for. 
Thank you. Yes, I agree. He's awesome. And yet he's given like these little tiny moments where he can shine and he does shine. So I don't understand why he doesn't get uh, bigger roles and more leading parts. Okay, rant over, rant over. Michael Stuhlbarg, you're the man. Well, I do want to call out one other person who is uh, has a supporting role in the film, and that's Jake Lacey, who uh, has a very interesting role here. You see him go last year from Carol. He plays uh, the boyfriend, Richard, mm-hmm. to Rooney Mara's Therese. I knew I recognized him. Yes. Yes, and now he is uh, playing the stripper with a heart of gold, which is very interesting. Yeah, and I honestly, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys felt the same way about this, but when this plot line first introduced itself and you realized he was going to be a bigger role in the story, did anybody kind of just think like, oh, this is getting a little too trashy for my tastes? That's right. I brought the the the, the, uh, the Lewinsky comparison up because that's effectively what he is. But, you know, you can't have a confident woman with an active sex life and not try to pu- punish her on the public stage with it by the end. <laughs> I thought he was going to bring us more into the personal life of this character, but then it hit me that we only see uh, Elizabeth Sloan in her work environment. And at first I had wished that we got something a little bit more, but then I realized, oh no, we only see this woman defined by her career. I'm sure she does have some sort of personal life, but it's totally irrelevant to the story that's being told here. Her work is her life. That's what she has going for her and it's what she dedicates every ounce of her energy to what and so nobody else uh thought that like sam waterston john lifgal or any of these others like did, did anybody think anybody was outright bad in this as far as the ensemble because personally i didn't i thought everybody was serviceable yeah everybody's serviceable and yeah, everyone's fine they're, they're, i mean they're all pretty villainous guys they just don't really have that much to do i mean this is very much the sloan into a lesser or the chastain into a lesser extent the mabatha ross show so i mean like no one was bad though it's 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 a solid ensemble um i wanted to say one thing i really liked too is that they never i kept waiting for them to go particularly hollywoody and reveal some tragic backstory to her that motivated her to do all this, and they didn't. And I was so glad that they never gave some Smith Sloan survived a shooting or something. You know, they just, she might have, but they don't even go into that. She may just think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, they give her character enough of a background, but they keep it obscured enough that it gives her motivation. But you're right, we don't need to know the particulars. And I like that aspect about her because I think it allows for her performance to shine more in that sense because it's not so much telling the audience, it's showing the audience. And it allows for the audience to do more work then in terms of deciphering what exactly is it that she's feeling and what is it that's exactly going on. Because trying to understand how this woman thinks and how she feels is half the fun of the movie in my opinion. Once you think you've got her pegged down, she just consistently surprises you. But I still felt that, like most movies and television shows that deal with a strong, strong woman, you're still meant to get this concept that she's fucked up, that she's damaged in some way, that there is something in her past that that makes her as driven as she is. And it especially comes off in the end when we just do a complete 360 from the character that we've been watching 
and all of a sudden it becomes this moment of like self-sacrifice oh i did it for everybody because secretly deep down i really care for people and i looked at my friend afterwards and i said would we have ended this with a man had a, would a man have fallen on their sword and done what they did maybe Jim, was- maybe jimmy stewart would have yeah, but like that's Frank exactly, Underwood that's doesn't. That's exactly what I was saying. And that's exactly my problem is that we had to, because she's female, we had to end this with a nice little bow and have her prove that deep down she still has some sort of like heart. And that was that was my, my big takeaway. I was like, really, guys? Re- why can't she just be like, yeah, I, I did this. I fucked everybody over and boom, I, I can do that. Because then there's no character arc at the end, and there's the audience will walk away from this movie hating uh, this and not taking anything away from it. The character doesn't change ultimately, and that's not what kind of film this is. This is meant to be more of a mainstream uh, kind of a film that's not necessarily like an art film that's supposed to leave you in that state of mind. I, I mean, I think that the manner in which this film is presented, it's shot, and um, I think that that's not what they're going for. Now, do I think it's more interesting? Yeah, absolutely. And that's part of my problem with the third act is that it does go into just outrageous territory and it does kind of wrap up in a manner in which you you do ask yourself, okay, is that really what the character would have done? But at the same time, though, if she had not have done what she had done and she does not change a little bit by the end and reveal um, her true motivations, then you got to ask yourself, well, what would have been the real takeaway here? How would you have felt? I think that could have been achieved in more subtle ways, though, without her interactions with Alice and Pill and where that goes at the end of the story, her interactions with Gugumabatha Ra and where that happens. Mm-hmm. She is a person that has obviously affection for other people specifically other women which i think is very important because especially in an industry like lobbying or really any high-priced ceo position you don't have that camaraderie between females we're told to compete but at the end for her to literally just kind of like i would have never bought that that's where that character's going and i think the script wants us to believe that that's being one step ahead but it just, it, I felt like the ending, this is a completely different movie, and I know that somebody's going to say the, the apples and oranges. It was like how I felt watching the end of Trainwreck, which you have a whole movie about a woman saying, I have sex and I don't, I, I don't apologize for it, effectively apologizing for it at the end because she's found that one special guy. And that was kind of my, my takeaway from this where I was like, we had this woman who subtly shows that she has a heart and and likes people and is still able to balance the job but she has to give one of those up by the end she cannot have it all because we have to be reminded that women cannot have it all i i don't i would not look into it that far i would look at it more from a standpoint of she's a mean person she's not a nice person she's getting her comeuppance by the end of the film do you want her to have a comeuppance necessarily though exactly that's my thing i'm like wait would we have asked kevin spacey for comeuppance i don't i mean like i said before i think that the ending that uh we've kind of proposed here is more interesting but what they go with is something that's more easily digestible for the masses the masses who are mostly it's men. it's probably an ending that got rewritten i'm sure i mean i don't know that for a fact but you know the mass audiences would not be able to handle 
a, a, a character like this that is uses people to her advantage and, you know, blatantly disregards people's emotions and not have her pay a little bit of a price for it by the end of the film. It just, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't feel right to uh, a mass audience. So don't make it for a mass audience. I mean, this comes from a smaller company. It's not like it's coming from Universal or Paramount. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, they could take a chance. And that's where one of my minor criticisms came from. I'm not going to say what happens, but in the very, very last scene of the movie, I could have done without that. I think there was a better way to end it that came right before. You probably all know what I'm talking about. I do. And if it had just cut there, I would have been totally satisfied. The way that it does end feels a little bit like it's going back on what we saw before. So I do get what you say there, Kristen, in the sense. Will, the best way I can relate it, actually, because I just thought of this, it's like when you and I were talking about the movie Flight and how that final scene with Denzel Washington at the end with his son kind of threatens to, like, almost derail the whole thing in in a sort of way, and it also doesn't feel like the proper true ending. This is actually, oh my gosh, now that I'm thinking about it, there's a lot of similarities, actually, between Flight and Miss Sloan in terms of how they end, now that I'm thinking about it. I saw a lot of similarities between this and um, Steve Jobs in terms of how I felt that they they kind of backtracked. But then I know that I got told that I misinterpreted the end of Steve Jobs. So go figure. Ah, you, you and I could talk about that off air because Steve Jobs was one of my favorite films last year. And I, I think it's criminal that so many people have not seen it. But that's neither here nor there. But, but to go back to what you were saying about a mass audience, I think that you're on point in terms of the assumptions about what a mass audience is. And I think that a mass audience would not anticipate a woman acting like this. You can have an anti-hero all you want, which I think she's poised to be an anti-hero where you're not supposed to like her. Uh, I mean, by the end of, again, a bad example, but I'm going with something broad here. At the end of Bad Santa, do you like Billy Bob Thornton? No, you're not supposed to. No. But had Billy Bob Thornton been played by a female, I think you would have had to like them by the end. It goes back to the very nature of this election, which was one based on likability or lack thereof. Um, I think that the ending of this this movie for me was playing on the fact that what well, we have to give a mass audience, which we assume is predominantly male, we have to give them something. We have to give them a reason to leave the theater thinking, well, maybe that that character was going to change. Maybe Jessica Chastain at the end of this movie is going to have this change of heart. And I think that, yes, as it was said, that final scene could have been excised completely. The fact that it's included is meant to leave that mass audience, which again is assumed to be predominantly men, to think that the nasty woman could change. And that was kind of my, ba- again, I expect that in a movie made by a studio about women in this day and age. You're not going to get a female character that I think is completely uncompromising, who gives no shits about what people think about her and and let her stay that way by the end. There's always going to be a change until we're allowed to write women to be uncompromising bitches in a certain sense who who own it. All right. Uh, one last thing. Um, I, we're going to get sidetracked, but uh, a little bit right now, uh, because I just have one last thing I do want to point out. Um, did anybody else like Max Richter's uh, score in the film? No, and that was something I was about to bring up myself. Mm-hmm. I thought it was inappropriately used in some scenes and felt very out of place with what was going on. 
I, I, I feel the same way in terms of how it was used, actually. I agree with you on that. But I think as a like, standalone, because I was listening to it um, just walking around my neighborhood and you know, walking my dog and what have you, uh, I, I like it on its own. But I agree that the way that it's used in the film, um, I, I wasn't necessarily sure if he was the right person to score a film such as this. Uh, anybody else have any comments on the score? I didn't really notice it. <laughs> yeah, it's not so much that it was good or bad. I just didn't like the way it was incorporated. Well, you know what it is. I bring it up because Max Richter is uh, one of the, in my opinion, best composers we have working today. So, What else uh, did he do? Oh my God! What? So my biggest, uh, my biggest thing that I love of his that it just constantly gets play from me all the time is his soundtrack to The Leftovers on HBO. I think it's just absolutely incredible work. Um, here's something that's going to really blow your mind, Michael. He did the opening and the closing music to Arrival that plays over the Amy Adams voiceover. Okay, I knew there was something within the Arrival Square that people said came from something else. Exactly, yeah. He gave us that piece. Uh, so, And he's done other works as well. I mean, he's definitely one of the more uh, prolific uh, composers working today, along with, um, uh, who am I thinking of? Philip Glass Okay, is another one. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoy his work very much. I just didn't feel that it was appropriate for this film overall. Uh, let's... Wrap it up here with final thoughts. Uh, great out of 10, Oscar potential. Will, haven't heard from you in a little bit. Let's start with you. What did your final thoughts on Miss Sloan? Um, you were saying with a mass audience needing her to get a comeuppance, I included Nightcrawler and House of Cards as examples that that didn't really happen in and they sold fine. Um, as far as other things, yes, I was also going to talk about Max Richter. I'm a big fan. I thought... On its own, like you, I've been listening to it. There's certain scenes, particularly like when she reveals something very personal about one of her co-workers, the strings really get laid on thick. I thought it didn't quite fit. Um, but yeah, final thoughts. I pretty much summed them up earlier in the review. I would say it is a good, solid... You won't let me do point fives, so I'm going to have to give it a six. This would be a good 6.5 for me, and I hate doing that. But I guess we're going with a six here. I think she'll get Best Actress notices from certain groups. I don't think she ultimately makes the Oscars, both because the film is underperforming financially, has somewhat mixed reviews, and because the distributor is relatively inexperienced with campaigning. Uh, it's a shame. It's a great performance. But... I think probably some regional critics groups is as far as this goes. If you think that this is not her best performance, what do you think is? I am still a tremendous fan of her in Tree of Life. I, I still maintain that her best is most violent here, even though I know that's a very brief performance. I still think it's the best. Before this one, my favorite was The Help. And I was a Zero Dark Dirty fan. Wow, we all chose something different. That's amazing. It goes <laughs> to show you, though... Know, uh, her body of work really just speaks for itself there. Take Take Shelter is also probably close second for me. Oh, yeah. She's really good in Take Shelter. You're right. Uh, Kristen, final thoughts? Great out of 10. Oscar potential. Um, I enjoyed it for probably, it's it's what, two hours? Something like that. Two hours, 12 minutes. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it for at least the first 90 minutes when it's about this kind of uh, gun lobbyist firm coming up against 
the actual, you know, gun lobby and, and how, how we're trying to have this rational discussion about gun control. I was on for that. And that leads to some great moments. Jessica Chastain is like brilliant. She's great. Gugu Mbatha Raw continues to show why she is probably one of my favorite actresses coming up today. Um, she is fantastic in this. Um, Allison Pill, really good. Went from playing the thankless wife this year in Hail Caesar to playing uh, a very active character, and I enjoyed that as well. Um, I liked when it was about this kind of cobble of women, um, and I, I think you could have easily pared this down in terms of cast and just made it about those three characters, and I probably would have enjoyed it just as much, but that third act really undoes a lot of the goodwill that I think the film had built up um, in terms of trying to take this woman who is unremittent about her personality and say, well, we got to change some of that so that you'll leave the theater smiling and saying, hey, maybe she'll change. Um, no, sorry, I wasn't buying it. Um, so overall, uh, Oscar potential, I'd say Chastain could get in, but she's a five slot for me only because I couldn't think of anybody else. Um, so I, I think it could go either way for her, but that's the only potential that I have for it. Um, overall score, much like much like Manchester by the Sea, I'm giving this a 7 out of 10. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and Michael? So before I go into my score, just one other thing I wanted to point out about the movie that I had fun noticing were some of the names. Uh, she's referred to as Elizabeth as Elizabeth Sloan, but there are times where she calls herself Madeline Elizabeth Sloan, mm -hmm. which automatically automatically made me think of Madeline Albright. Oh. Who, when we hear uh, Kristen say that she has this connection towards women, there's that Madeline Albright quote, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. Huh. So that just sort of crossed my mind once. Uh, the Gugu Mabatha Raw character, her name is Esme Manchurian. I think we all know... Uh, some sort of connection that the screenwriter was having fun with there. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And uh, the Sam Waterston character, his last name is DuPont. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. You're right. So I think that's just a little fun that the screenwriter's having there. I don't know that it necessarily means anything, but it was just sort of interesting to note. So uh, as for my final thoughts on the film, look, I love social issue dramas. I love character studies and films with women at the center of them. And so this just ticked off all three boxes for me. I know I've been criticized for viewing some films subjectively, but that's just who I am and the way I look at things. So how it goes, I really enjoyed this film, even with a few minor, minor issues that I had along the way. Just the way that it left me feeling at the end and being able to see into the life of this character and how she runs her career, that was all great. I'm going to go big on this one. I'm going to give Miss Sloan a 9 out of 10. All righty. And for myself, I think that this is Jessica Chastain at her absolute best. I've never seen her craft a character that is so complex and yet so fascinating. Um, it sh I mean, she's done it before, don't get me wrong, but this is like, to me, on another level. Um, I really enjoyed that this is not so much a, po a political film, although it, it seems like it's starting off as that, but it's more of a character study, which I'm always a really big fan of character studies overall. I think the writing is very crisp. I think it's smart. I think it's very dark in some points. And yes, I do think it is a tad bit melodramatic, but uh, Jessica Chastain helps to anchor the entire thing and keep it um, level-headed the whole way through. Uh, as far as a grade goes, I'm um, going with, 
an 8 out of 10 for me. I really, really enjoyed this movie a lot. And as far as Oscar potential, you know, if you had asked me, say, uh, three, two weeks ago, two weeks ago when I'd seen this, I would have said Best Actress and Best Original Screenplay. But now, after seeing Critics' Choice nominations come out, uh, Golden Globe nominations will soon be out as well. I, I mean, and it's going to have one of the worst wide release openings of all time financially. Yeah, and now exactly with that news now breaking, I unfortunately have to say that I don't think it's going to get any Oscar love at all. Chastain will, you're right, may show up in some groups here and there. Um, maybe the, potentially the Golden Globes. Uh, you know, as of this recording, they have not revealed their nominations yet, so we don't know. But yeah, I've taken it out of my predictions for the time being. Yeah. Alrighty. With that said, Kristen, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at journeys underscore film. And Michael. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Movie. And Will. You can find me at Twitter at Mavericks Movies. And you can find me at nextbestpicture.com. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, to the Next Best Picture podcast. Feel free to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, and newly added Stitcher and Player FM. Thank you once again so much for listening, and we will see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.